This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thursday, 20th of October, 2022, and this evening's special West Lanks Derby Day preview. We are once again joined by our chum, Tom, from down the M55. Tom will be helping us in the build-up to Saturday's much-anticipated Battle of Bloomfield Road. And I'm John Aspinall, and this is the Seaside's podcast match preview show. Don't get any bigger than this, Blackpool v PNE. It's a pleasant change for us to be taking the piss out of your infrastructure. So we've been given the opportunity and milking it to um, the end great on the optics, was it? The nth degree, and we'll take the YouTube uh, copyright strike that is no doubt coming our way after that. <laughs> uh, good evening, Tom. Anyway, thanks for coming back. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. Looking forward to it. Matt, I noticed you only had your hood up. You weren't prepped about this hilarious gag, were you? You weren't... Um... I don't own an umbrella. I wasn't prepped about the gag, but even if I had been prepped about the gag, I wouldn't have been able to act upon it because I don't own an umbrella. I don't really understand umbrellas. Uh, they kind of keep the rain off you when it's pissing it down. Tim, you're going to have to unmute yourself. To, um... He's ahead of, his ga- ahead of the game, Tom, though, isn't he? Because he actually <laughs> guessed what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, we, we had discussed that before, haven't we? No, no. Great minds think alike, sadly. Very, uh, predi- <laughs> maybe it's so predictable, Tim. You thought it was hilarious in the box last night. I did. Well, I'd had a few beers <laughs> at the time, so we obviously... 
Um, you put the wrong one on anyway. We wanted the, uh, I said Tom, the Hindu guy doing, um, what was it? Um, what was the song? Oh, song? Roop. Roop Singh. Our, uh, <laughs> quarter, quarter of a millionaire off uh, Deal or No Deal. Right. Preston fan. I'm just on a can of uh, farmyard ale this evening. So to give him a bit of a plug for sending us a couple of crates once the live show, once I'm still here. I was going to pop. No, no one got found the way to my house. Well, <laughs> no, am I? <laughs> to, I couldn't carry two crates to the live show, gentlemen. It's only the first one. I've only uh, I'm only drinking this one because I'm showing Tom. It's actually quite nice, isn't it? It's quite a nice little can. There. I was going to bring you one round. Would, would you have drunk one after I brought you one round? No. It's quite nice. It's quite a nice drink, actually. I, I don't even have tangerines in the house. So, uh, <laughs> my diet's not the best, so that speaks volumes. Tim, we were in the box last night, weren't we? Lording it up. We, we certainly weren't lording up the fare that was served on the pitch, were we? No, definitely not. It was um, after the Lord Mayor's show, I think, is the expression, isn't it? You know, we, we go to Bramall Lane on Saturday and um, uh, are involved in, in an extremely exciting and um, uh, an, an eventful uh, performance with some star performances. And then we got the antithesis of that on last night, didn't we? So it was a pity because obviously you're in the box and, you, you know, it's, a, it's not something you do very often and you want to make a big a big thing of it. So whilst it was a whilst it was a good experience, it was rather dismal when it came to watching the football. What was your thoughts of that, Tom, when you saw that result come in? Um I mean it was it was great viewing from from my perspective. Um a, a little bit surprised that I thought you I thought you were, you may have beaten them after uh, your heroics at the weekend. Um but maybe that late, 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 late equaliser that shouldn't have been allowed, really, when you look at the assault on on Flapswell. Um, but effectively, maybe that's just taken the toll. Three players down, turns are suspended. I know you've had a raft of injuries throughout the season. And I know um, Michael Appleton mentioned it last night. Um, when you start weighing up the amount of games that have been squeezed in to try and get them in before the World Cup, Squads like ours just can't compete. That, that's the reality. We struggled. Clearly, you struggled. And um, on the one hand, it was a surprising result. And on the other hand, when you actually look at it, um, it it's probably almost inevitable, really. Um, especially, as you said, it, it, I, I heard um, someone on Saturday saying that uh, it felt like a defeat coming away from, from Balmore Lane mm. for you, which uh, I could understand because it was, it was a terrible refereeing decision. And that's coming from a Preston fan, but watching it, it was it was scandalous. Really, he was assaulted into the back of the net, and obviously the guy can pass the ball in. So you're not allowed to touch keepers, are you? There was rumours going around that he's a he was a knobber, wasn't wasn't the term, uh, uh, David <laughs> Webb? Oh, John, there was all when we lose <laughs> like that. Well, not lose like that, but lose drop points like that. Oh dear. Right, we're we'll, we're going to discuss the whole game after you've gone, Tom. So I'm sure you don't want to. Discuss that in details of fruit flying in. Oh, I'll happily discuss right. it. Right, oh, okay. Well, you, can, viewing, so. you can hang around and watch us pick our team as well if you want. Right. Can we go too before we discuss it, John? <laughs> yeah. Back to you. I'll, turn, I'll click the end broadcast button, shall I? Right, Tom. Played 16, won five, drawn seven, lost only four, goals four, 
Amiga 9. Also, Amiga goals against Tally 10. Uh, ninth on 22 points, two points off the playoffs on paper. Good start to the season. Gives your thoughts on paper being it's, the operative word. Yeah, or is it? it's been somewhat It's been somewhat of an astonishing start to the season, really. We started with seven clean sheets. Um, Chris, um, Freddie Woodman's got 10 clean sheets in 16 matches, and he's, you feel a bit sorry for him, really. He's doing his job. The defence is doing their job. Uh, and it's the poultry return at the other end of the pitch, which is costing us dear. Um, we were calling out all summer for further recruitments at that end of the pitch. Uh, we've got Reese there, who's a bit in and out. We've got Ched Evans, who's not scored since 2004. We've got Seanie Maguire, who's not scored since 2010. Um, and, and that's about it. Um, we brought Parrot in from uh, Tottenham. He scored his first league goal and injured himself celebrating. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that, that tells you the whole story, really. Um, so it, it, we're not in a false position because we've obviously been keeping um, goals out. But it's really strange when you look at the league. The league is strange this year. Blackburn are top of the league and they've had seven defeats. Um, it, it's all a bit upside down, really. Have they really? Um, yeah. Have you right? Yeah. Jeez, yeah. they've not drawn at all. Nine, nine wins and seven defeats. Bloody hell. <laughs> they don't incredible. know what the draw is in Blackburn, um, but the top of the league. So um, it really is It really uh, is madness. I mean, QPR, we've beaten them away. We should have beaten Sheffield United. Um, we've had good results against the sort of the, the teams that are up there, and we always seem to um, lose and get beaten by the teams around us at the bottom. So, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a strange one. So it is. I think the division is just absolutely wide open this year. We, we seem to say that every year, and you think it can't be any more wide open year after year with parachute money, but bad managers, bad management at club. Um, you know, if you can get lucky and keep you, your squad fit and maybe add a bit of quality here and there, it really is open to, to make a run for it. And that's really, I think, a lot of the frustration coming from Preston fans that we could see what we needed. We were crying out for it all summer. We thought there was a sea change. We were told to play our part. We doubled our season ticket holders. And then we made a couple of early signings, a couple of loans. And then there was a two or three months of frustration, really, when there was no further signings that um, Ryan Lowe came out early in the summer and said, I've been given licence to go and get a right wing back and another striker. So it sounds remarkably familiar with all this, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Do we share the same recruitment team by any chance? <laughs> I think the problem with our, our clubs is that we, we to stay in this league, we have to overachieve, overachieve. And there's only so many times that you can do that. If you start selling your best players, you've lost bowler, obviously. And that's clearly t- had an impact upon your ability c- to create and score goals. Um, we've had to sell people in the past. We've managed to hold on to Reese this summer when there was talk of him going to Middlesbrough for 10 million. Um, which I'd have taken, to be honest with you. Um, but in, in, in all honesty, there's only so far, so long that you can keep getting away with it and hoping to try and find those gems in League One or that have been released by a Premier League team or that you can take on loan. Um, so that, that, that's that's a problem for teams like ours at the end of the day. And it always will be the problem unless you have a, a sugar daddy willing to throw millions and millions at it. 
But there's also the sort of the impact of Brexit in there this year. So the the Premier League teams are finding it harder to import players um, from Europe as they were. So they're they're picking up more British players and and holding more of the young players as well. So um, the players that are available are probably of a higher value than they would have been. So are getting taken by the West Broms or whoever, and then then we're left with with a smaller field of of who we would have bought. I suppose that's the, that's the case for the defence, isn't it, for our relative, uh, relative um, various ownerships? Yeah, you, you, have, you have to get lucky. I mean, we had Robbie Brady on trial and Ben Woodburn on trial this summer. Um, when Woodburn you're familiar with from your place, and he, he stumped mm. the place out. Um, and it's one of them where he's at Preston for a reason. Probably he can't stay fit. He hasn't done very well. Um, he's coming. He's looked bright in one or two appearances, but then... He got injured midweek when he was playing half decent, and he's out again. <laughs> he's made a glass, so that, that there's a reason why he's out pressing and he's available. Um, we've picked up the lad from Man United, the the left back Fernandez, who looks a player. But we've had this before, where we've had set Van den Berg on loan, we've had Daniel Everson on loan. They do really well, and inevitably they move on. Sepp's gone to Germany. Daniel Everson's backing up the the other keeper at Leicester at the moment. And Cameron Archer, who obviously we were desperate to get back, um, is sat alongside your former manager on the on the bench at Villa at the moment. So um, it's that frustration of finding someone that can come into your team or signing someone, and then inevitably they're going to move on at some point. But I suppose every team, has, every player's got a price, haven't they? So with, with, with Ryan Lowe, did you think he'd come and play so defensively at Preston given he was quite free scoring wasn't he at Berry? do you think he's just been a bit pragmatic about it the sort right let's just not concede his his formation throughout his managerial career as I understand it has been 3-5-2 or 3-4-1-2 and I'm not going to budge you can say what you want I'm not changing from that I believe in it whether that's outdated, whether you need to adopt to different matches, a bit like Alex Neal did, I don't know. Um, he came in last season um, and we appeared to be playing more aggressive football, more attacking football, scoring a few more goals. So it has been a bit of a surprise this season that they've just completely dried up. We have been very tight at the back. Um, Liam Lindsay, who was already at the club, Jordan Story, who was already at the club, have come in and they look absolutely Fantastic in the back three. Um, I think the loan to Sheffield Wednesday for Jordan Story has been the making of him, a bit like Ben Davis previously. Um, but he, Ryan Lowe has come out and said, I've got this brand of football, this attacking, playing football. We're just not seeing it at the moment. We might have seen it a bit last season, perhaps with Cameron Archer at the, at the um, you know, leading the attack, but we certainly haven't seen that this season. Um, it's very left to right football we've got. Um, players passing from side to side. You know, there's no real dynamism in there. Um, you've got Reese, who's, who's fairly isolated up top on his own. And there isn't this brand of football that we've been promised. So there has been that frustration. Saying that, we're sat ninth, a third of the way into the season. And if you just if you'd have said to us you'd be challenging for the playoffs in August, we'd have probably taken that. Mm. We'd have been happy with that. Um, it's so, just we always want more, don't we? So would you say that's the personnel that's failed to be materialised and brought in, that he's, he's adopted this kind of system? Uh, I, I think so. clearly he's wanted a right-back since he came in because he identified that last January, or a right-wing-back. We're still playing Brad Potts there. 
um, in, in fits and starts. He wanted another striker. Now, they brought in Parrott, but he obviously said he wanted a further striker. So I think he has been kind of hamstrung in a way. We got rid of 15 players in the summer and we brought seven in, only one of them we paid money for. We had um, DRB who was signed after his drug, drugs ban, Brady who was on trial along with Woodburn and we gave them a contract for 12 months and then the loan signings of Parent and Fernandez. So there was a big frustration, I think, from the fan base. And even Lowe has come out and said, perhaps I got a bit carried away towards the end of the season. Perhaps I promised more than I, I could have um, delivered. And his expectations seem to have been scaled back as the summer went on. I've been promised a right wing back and a striker. Oh, well, we'll keep looking. Oh, well, we might not need them. We've got players already. So business is done. So it's um, it has been one of a, a frustration, which I'm sure... You've experienced, I've seen the tweets from from your fans around deadline day as well, when you're struggling to get those additional players in that I think the board were were saying they were going to try and help the the club bring in. So it it is a never-ending struggle for teams like us to bring in players that are are capable and are going to make us better at this level on the budgets that we have. That's the problem. Tom, without wishing to blow any smoke up Preston's backside, what I've possibly noticed this season is um, the results that you've picked up away have been uh, more than more than surprising they've been they've been uh, uh, you know it's been quite incredible from your perspective you know wins at, at Norwich and um, uh, and uh, well well so I think you've won about three or four away I mean I think that's where you've got the majority yep. of your points so what yeah. why do you why do you think you're picking points up away but then uh, grinding out your nil nils at home what's what's going on we, I read a stat the other day that said we have one of the worst home records in the championship. Uh, and I think that probably goes back a couple of years. Now, I don't know whether that is the style of play. It, it passes on beyond Ryan Lowe. It passes back to Alex Neal. It passes back to Simon Grayson. passes back to Frankie McAvoy when he was in charge for that short period of time. I don't know whether the players are scared of Deepdale, as silly as it sounds, or don't feel as comfortable playing at Deepdale. But clearly this season, they've been able to win away from... We've only lost once away from home, and that was last week um, at Bristol City. Uh, As you said, you know, we've been to Norwich and won. We've had draws at Sunderland. Um, So it's frustrating because historically, Deepdale was a fortress and we've had wins there, and we can't seem to marry those up at the same time. If we did, we'd probably win the league by (laughs) February or March. Um, but I, I honestly don't know what the answer is. Um, we've tried different formations with different managers and the home form just seems terrible. Um, we just can't seem to go three, four, five, six, seven games not losing a game at home. Um, I think you're, you're, you're ho- you, you're the, you've got the best away record, but I think almost the second or third worst home record, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. Well, prime example, we lost to Alex Neal Stoke, who didn't do anything fantastic, and then midweek they lost to Rotherham. It's the division in a nutshell. It's absolutely bonkers mad. But to to respond to Tim, I don't really know what the what the answer is. Maybe we just don't have that nous that's needed um, to to beat teams at Deepdale. They come, they sit in, um, they know what we're going to do. We go side from side with nothing dynamic. Um, we started winning a few games at the back end of the season when we had Cameron Archer there, but um, you know a few moments of brilliance from him won us matches. So I, I honestly don't know what what the issue is. But uh, John Beck once said that we were 
we were cursed, and I think he brought a witch doctor in or something <laughs> to try and lift the curse at Deepdale. So it's um, it's it's really odd, really odd. So it's interesting. Go on, Matt. Sorry, no, go on, so Matt. Go on. A couple of uh, P and A fans that I um, fraternise with. Um, they don't go away. They only go to home games, and they're really flat. And I kind of assumed that you must be about 18th. And it was only the other day that I noticed you were, you were actually doing quite well, but they've been so flat and sort of, you know, you, I'd see them on a Monday and they used to go out, yeah, you know, I was the game, uh, uh, typical. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've, we've only scored two goals at home. Um, we've, we've played what, eight games at home and we've scored two goals. You know, fans want to see winning football. Fans want to see goals. Fans want to te- see players um, giving their all um, and running around and, and at least trying to to win matches. And it, it has been really, really flat. We've had all these new season ticket holders come along. Maybe it's something to do with that, that their expectations are a bit too high. And when they start moaning, it's very much easy to hear over the six, seven, eight thousand core fans that we have. And there is a there is a feeling at Deepdale that we're just sort of turning up. We've tried to do things by bringing flags. We're doing flag displays before before matches. So we're trying to generate noise. The, Are you talking about some clapsticks? No, no, not clapsticks. <laughs> we've uh, actual flags. So we've uh, right. you'll see them. You've been there with clapsticks before, haven't you? <laughs> I, I, my memory's hazy, Tim. I can't quite remember. So. Um, but we've we've split the carp on some games, try and generate noise and atmosphere. Um, but it's all it's all a bit deliberate. It's all a bit flat at deep down. You know, the the excitement levels are not there, and I think that's permeating from the fans into the players and, and vice versa. And it's all it's all a bit odd. Whereas you go to the away away games, and you tend to get more hardcore fans going there and. We've, because we've been picking up those wins away from home, unexpectedly, uh, the feeling is is one that we're better away from home. There is, there is an o- there, there is an onus on the team, though, isn't it? It's like last night. It's probably the worst atmosphere I can recall at a Blackpool match since we came back from COVID. Because you weren't in the north, Tim. That's why. Probably that I wasn't there, just getting it all going. But the reality was, we 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 delivered up a, a turgid particularly the second half, a, a really turgid performance. And that that always finds its way into the stand. So if that's a regular feature of home games, and, it, and to be fair, we've had a few home games, Watford particularly stands out where we've we, we've played well and, and, and the atmosphere has been bouncing. But it happened to us last night. It was, I think you actually messaged me, didn't you? And say, said something like, are we all saving our voices for Saturday? And and the reality was it was very flat. And, um, and but, but equally, we didn't, I don't think we had a shot on target in the second half. So it's always, there's always going to be a link, isn't there? If if there was, what's happening on the pitch isn't exciting, getting you out of your seat, then as much as you want to get it going, eventually people get bored and they switch off and they start looking at the phones and they uh, start talking and doing whatever they're doing rather than actually focusing on the game. And I think that's probably a reflection of the way you're playing at home, where if you actually reversed it around and saw some of your away performances, the atmosphere might be a little bit better. And, um, I mean, in reality, Saturday should be completely different. Obviously, both sets of fans will be up for it and the players should be up for it. Um, and it, it should provide... It, it, both sets of players may be a bit cautious to start with, but um, it only takes one big tackle to get everyone going, doesn't it? And it's going to be nil-nil, isn't it? It's going to be nil-nil. <laughs> yeah. Probably, because you'd be probably at 4-3 or something. <laughs> Would you, would you, you know, would would you in this game a big scoreline, aren't we? 
it's yeah. always for since that three three we lost had years ago. It's always been nil nil one nil two nil one one nil nil one one. So yeah, yeah let's hope we get ones, one. Really, um, as... we we, te- we tend to have quite a lot of um, goal fests against uh, Burnley historically. Although it was one one at Deepdale, you know, a couple of months ago, but um, Burnley's the one that tends to go a bit mad four three five three. Three two two one. So I think mm. you're right. We are due a goal fest, mm. um, but we can't score. Uh, <laughs> you, you're struggling to score, but you're um, you're not defending very well by the looks of it. So one of my questions, uh, Tom, was: uh, Does it bother you to barely see any goals or entertainment as long as you're picking up the points? Well, we, we've had a couple of one nil wins away at Luton. We won at Deepdale one nil, and three points is all that matters at the end of the day. But you know, a couple more goals would be nice. Two at Deepdale in eight games is uh, a paltry return. It really is. And on that vein of questioning, are you familiar of the Twitter account Harland Watch? And I'm sure that Tim has we're made you aware of up, it. Aren't we? We're catching him up slowly but shortly. I think we're on a constant trajectory. We may pass him by March, maybe, <laughs> unless he carries on at the rate he's going. So, um, yeah, he's, he's a monster, isn't he? Mm. So you, you've told us about your, your informed players. Um, three I've noted on a bit of research that I've done is Reese Parrott and Greg Cunningham. I think um, Emil Reese he, he features them quite highly in the stats of a lot of your um, forward play. Is he how much of a threat is he, and who else should we be looking out for um, in form? So, in t- in terms of of Reese, there's two schools of thought. One is a genius, and one is lazy and useless. Um, I mean, you, you saw shades of him last season. Um, he is a bit of an oddity in that he'll score and he, he won't really celebrate. He just, he just sort of stands there and he doesn't really endear himself to the fans. You just think, go a bit mad, you know, tear your shirt off or do something and just show that it means something to you. But he's he's one of those, um, you know, um, individuals from Iceland over there, Norway. Uh, and he, he's he's you know, very calm, very assured about things, scores his goal as though it's, it's just his job. Um, Sounds a bit know. like Tony Ellis. He was like that, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, God. Not Judas again. Um, so on on his day, I mean, he scored go- goals from um, obscene angles. He's an instinctive finisher. His hold-up play leaves a lot to be desired. Um, Middlesbrough, released a report saying he was excellent with his head, which I've not really seen, although he did score a headed goal um, at Norwich. Um, but he, he has the pace to hurt you. And he can fi- if you give him a chance, he will finish. He's very cold-blooded in terms of finishing in front of goal. But then equally, he could be anonymous for, for 90 minutes. And you think, pressing a play with 10 men there, um, he's not one to chase around and run around and, and, and run back. Um, so wh- whether we play him with Maguire, who's come back in recently from injury. Um, I don't think he'll play him with Chad Evans or whether Woodburn as recovers and he'll play him behind him in, in sort of a 10 role, um, which he, he played there midweek for the first time. So th- that's really only our, our our only major goal threat, really. The other goals have come from, from midfield. Um, so that's why you can see we've only scored, what, 10 goals all season. Because if Reese doesn't bag, then we're relying upon either a centre-back to score or someone from midfield trying to pop one in. Okay, um, um, do, do you know who, uh, this is to Mitch and Tim, who, who do you think we should be man-marking uh, Emil Reese then? 
Mm. Do you know who I'm going to... Go on. He played last night and he was shite. God and he's a centre-half. Williams. <laughs> Agent, oh, Agent Williams. Agent Williams. Agent Williams. Agent Williams. Ideally, he won't be in the ground. <laughs> I've heard he's got a Preston tattoo as well, as long as Appleton. Well, Appleton hasn't because he got had to strip off in the Armfield <laughs> Club to prove it. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I, just an interjection, it was in the chat, but we've actually got a, 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 podca- a seaside podcaster on your, on your um, football wall there, apparently. Oh, yeah, I can see him. Joe Atherton, I can see his... I can see oh, his yes, uh, tangerine hat. Yeah, there he is. There he is. Hi, Joe. <laughs> he loves that picture, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's literally celebrating in front of him. Yeah, he is. He's, I love that picture. He's celebrating from to Joe. I remember seeing it at the time and uh, thinking, oh, marvellous. I'll, I'll keep that saved. So, yeah. Okay, um, um, so you've, you've shared this uh, shit player with us. We've shared one with you. This season, I was with us previously. Ben Woodburn, has he turned out to be as shite as we all warned you he would be? Well, he he came in in the summer along with Robbie Brady on trial. Um, I don't know whether it's just a matter of convenience because he was down the road at Liverpool. And the club basically gave him a one-year deal. And so I think a lot of the fans' reactions were, oh, we're going down the cheap option again. We're not signing people. We're taking someone on um, on a punt that they might work out. And the problem is, is that he's 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 had injuries. Um, effectively, he started a few games of the season and got injured. He came in midweek and he actually was linking up in between the lines quite well, playing behind Reese at Huddersfield, although they were terrible. Um, but then he he went down injured and went off. So I'd, I've not read an update yet as to whether he's going to be available. So we've not really had an opportunity to see him have a run of games. But he looks quite bright. He likes to have a pop at goal, um, but I think it probably. Not easy for me to actually give an opinion on him yet. Having seen I think the you'll get, I think you get one, one game minutes. out of five where he might do all right. Mm. I mean, he, he, when he first signed for us, I was really excited. You were Tim, I remember. You were buzzing. I was, yeah. Because he, was... he played, he played for, for Oxford against us. The game we uh, sort of robbed them and won two one. And he was, he was the best player on the pitch by a country mile. And I thought, frigging, hell, why can't we get sign a player like that? Then we, then we sign him, and I'm thinking, great, you know, he's, he's probably. Uh, when Critchley was here, he's about the only Liverpool player we got hold of, you know, because we actually did better getting the Everton players in and they did, you know, Sims and whatever did quite well for us. But um, he, he just flats to deceive for me. And he, and I think you'll see that over a period of time. You know, again, these players who, who can't, um, uh, who might have the skill, but maybe don't have the aptitude or, or also pick up injuries that, you know, they always end up, dropping down the league or dropping down two leagues. And we're seeing it with Williams. Williams hasn't got the heart that a lot of Blackpool players has got has got for me. And and that's reflected in performances. And that's always reflected in where they'll end up with the career. Um, because maybe they've had it a bit too easy in the in the formative years yeah. as against some other players. They've had to scrap the way up the league. I think prime, prime example, I can relate to that with, with Josh Harrop at Preston. Um, he scored a goal for Manchester United pretty much on his debut. We signed him for the allegedly the best part of a million pound. And I think he probably paid, played about 50 games in total over three years. And then um, we, we sort of released him in the summer, paid up his contract. And I don't actually think he's got a club yet. The last I saw, he went to, um, I think he went to Burton and refused to play. 
in a position. I think that's what I read somewhere. So they sent him back. He went to Fleetwood, got injured after one minute, taking a corner for them in his first game. Um, and it's one of them where maybe, like you say, he's had it too easy being brought up at Man United, thinks he's a world beater. He's gone out into the wide world of football and he's, he's not up to it. Maybe his body's not up to it, being you know relatively short in stature and fairly lightweight. And now he's, he's probably struggling to find a, a professional club to pay for again. Um, the, the gambles, aren't there, these players? Some work yeah. out really well, yeah. some don't. We had Seth Vandenberg from Liverpool last season, who was fantastic playing for us. He's, he, they took him back and he, they sent him out into, into Europe. He's, sadly, he's got a bad injury, but um, the same with Everson. If they do well, they're not your player. You're, in the, you're then having to find players to replace them in addition to replacing in other ones. So it's just a, a constant battle for teams like us. Get Mitch started. Uh, get Matt started. I knew, I knew his mouth was going to open then. I could, I could, see, <laughs> yeah. the, could see the cogs ticking. <laughs> I was just going to make an observation on Ben Woodburn that I never really quite knew what his position was. He was one of those players where we seemed to play him. Critchley would play him on the right, then he'd bring him on the left, then he'd bring him on sort of up front playing off Medine for 10 minutes, then he'd play him in the hole. And it was always like, and I feel this about Williams as well, some of these players, you feel like they're, they're very good technically, but they don't really quite work out how to play a position. And so they're just kind of a, almost like just a set of attributes, but not necessarily the knowledge of how to of how to play the game, if that makes sense. And I think that's, you know, maybe down to how they develop. Um, and when they hit the sort of the, the, the reality of the Football League, then it's, it's, I don't know, Woodburn always seems to... He felt like there really was a player there if he could just find find where he would fit. But we just moved, seemed to move him around all the sort of front five positions, and he didn't actually fit anywhere. I don't, I don't know if if, if um, he's, a tin, he's a tin man from the Wizard of Oz. He's, he's not. He's yeah. like got no art, has he? That's for me. He just hasn't got. He hasn't. <laughs> he, hasn't, he, hasn't he hasn't got that real. Well, you know t- what you see from Connolly and what you see from other other players. Um, you know. Tim, Tim, if Tim, if you if you remember the um, the GTF, what GTF said at the the live show, he said playing as a 15, 16 year old in men's football at a lower level, he said it absolutely made him as a footballer because he was getting the shit kicked out of him, and it was proper football as a fifteen and sixteen year old. Well, that's that's where the, the comment. There's a comment on there saying, uh, you know, Williams, he's got no technical ability. I, I think he has if 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 he stood still. I think he's a very good footballer, but the reality of when people actually start pushing him and he has to deal with other players moving around and people, you know, that's where he just goes Coming to pieces. Coming in with studs up and whatever. Yeah, yeah, he just seems to fall to pieces. You know, if you watch him... He's so the off the pace he, of the game, Mike. Yeah, yeah, isn't he? Watch him in the warm-up, he's pinging it round and stroking it round and he's thinking, oh, this guy looks really good and then the, then the game actually starts and he just falls to pieces and he, and, and that technical ability deserts him. And I think that that's what I mean about him, of, of not being able to... Act Actually, play at, at, you know, he, at last night, and I know we're not doing this now, and we'll move on. But last night, he just looked like he'd never played centre back in his life. You know, and it's like, what, well, what it's, it looked like he'd never played football in his life. He's like when you put a kid who's never played football, and they, they've got no yeah. positional awareness whatsoever, and that the coach is having to shout, "Go over I, there, cut inside, call back, get behind your man." It was like that. 
I literally thought last night he looked like I don't know if you've ever had that thing where you've, you've been playing for a football team and you end up drafting a mate that doesn't really play football just to make up the numbers and they just look completely I lit that is literally what I thought about him he looks like somebody who's playing for like a year 10 team who's just been dragged in because he's sort of having a fag on the touchlines and he doesn't really play football have you ever seen peep show where uh <laughs> David Mitchell gets put to a five side It's exactly like that. You need to watch Tom, it. Tom, if, Tom, if Williams starts on Saturday, you've won. <laughs> I predict well, that. He, That's he, my prediction. He, he obviously just, he, he can't, it's not in him, is it, to perform for you? Um, with the uh, he'll be, he'll be, in, the, he'll be in the way end, Tom, according to that, according yeah. to Lance Lapp. Yeah, he, he probably will be, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Rather he was. <laughs> Yeah. Should we do a crowdfunder? <laughs> and, we, and as Antonio says, he should be sent back to Liverpool. Anything left over in the uh, crowdfunder will pay for him for a train ticket. First class. Well, we started the crowd, Raggy started the crowdfunder to help help uh, fund uh, the repairs at Deepdale, didn't he? I think there was 10 quid in the. Time for a quick break in proceedings to say if you're enjoying this content and want to say thanks for the pods, please consider joining our Patreon support program. Starting from the price of a pint per month, Patreon allows you to contribute towards our production costs, gear upgrades and our drinks tab at the dog. Your support will ultimately make the show bigger, better and I like eating a tin of prunes more regular. You'll also get extra stuff in return like all the podcasts before general release, backstage access to us and our guests exclusive Patreon-only shows, and other random bits and pieces. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash pod to find out more and hopefully sign up. I tried to I tried to put 10p in, but it said minimum donation of fiver. So. I, I tried to do the same, but I'm not, well, I'm not putting a fiver in. <laughs> to, to be fair, in relation to that, I understand that the quote that they obtained was for the entire route, but it's just not good on the optics, was it, really? It's just... In Derby Week as well. I mean, goodness me. As I said, we could always buy you a few tangerine uh, uh, umbrella hats, you know, that you can all sit there. <laughs> you look great. I'll, I'll pass. I'll pass. I'll, I'll bring my blue and white one. So, If I can get in, if I can get in looking at all the diversions that Seasiders Police has put out on Twitter, where you're allowed to walk and where you're not allowed to walk. So, What's that? I was I was actually really worked up in the summer when you signed Williams because I remember thinking, um, oh, we could do with a centre back from Liverpool like him because we were we were bringing back Liam Lindsay and uh, Jordan Story and I was worried about our centre back. But uh, is that a dripping sound? <laughs> is, it, is it your house, Tom? Yeah, yeah. Roof needs oh, repair. Oh, it stopped. Oh, right. Funny that. Right, let's seg- segue on to what you've just mentioned there, Tom, um, the police operation. Now, I have actually, in true Blue Peter style, taken well, a picture there we go. Look at that. of this, frankly, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Someone described it as uh, Dad's Army, the opening credits <laughs> on Dad's Army. I thought that was brilliant. Um, oh so God. this... There's, there's the, our police obviously got a lot of time on their hands with this, and um, they've done multiple posts on Twitter with a video asking each question. None of this would have needed to be done if you'd have just kept the Preston fans in for 15 minutes at the end. What's your views on this, Tom? 
Would you be bothered? Uh, Would you be bothered being captain for fifteen minutes? If we won three 0 I'd stay in for an hour. <laughs> to be honest with you, so um, no, not especially. Uh, if it allowed people to be dispersed and, and get away, then then fine. It's it, it, in in any other walk of life, this doesn't tend to happen. It just tends to be with football fans that they, they tend to plan for these, and I don't see this same level for for rugby or. or people queuing up for the Queen's funeral. They didn't start planning all this and that out, thinking there was going to be trouble. Um, to be fair, though, um, the, the queues at the Queen's funeral weren't going to kick 10 lumps of shit out of each other in the <laughs> queue, though, were they? And uh, be like nine well, pints in. But, you say that. I'd like to think that people have moved on from that type of behaviour. There will be the few idiots. Yeah. But, um, the, yeah. We got kept behind at Deepdale, though, didn't we? For a considerable oh, amount of time, we kept behind for an hour, nearly an hour. It was, it was, it was, um, it was about quarter to eleven, I think, before we were allowed to leave the confines of the ground. But yeah, you were right, John. We, we were kept in on the concourse for a good fifteen minutes post-match. Um, uh, you know, whether whether they say that's as a result of um, things that were going on outside the ground or not, I don't know. But the reality is, I, I just don't get it. They, they come up with this. Um, you know, and I've challenged them over it as well. They come up with this, uh, you know, it's sort of uh, infringing people's liberties. But the case law in the area, and, and you know, I don't want to bore people too much with it, makes it very, very clear um, that whilst uh, kettling and, and whatever else to call it isn't ordinarily allowed, one of the examples they give of when it should be allowed is when there's concerns over the risk of issues at football matches. And yet the police use this uh, case law to sort of support their position that they're not going to keep fans fans back but they're actually creating the problems by not doing it for the last 30 years every time I've gone to Preston I think I've been kept back more often than not I very rarely walked straight out onto uh, Deepdale Road straight after the game ever so it's what's it's interesting from, from that map is that the they appear to be blocking two roads off I think those two red roads that they're intending on sending Preston fans down, is that right? But then they're going to send you round to meet us at the other side, aren't they? That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's where we were kettled into. So I, yeah. I kind of, on that first road, I think we actually were all kettled in um, coming away from Bloomfield. The Preston fans had made the way to Maud's, Maudsley Avenue, but made the way back up to Bloomfield Road, and we all met in the middle. It was like, yeah. it was like a scene out of Gladiator. <laughs> I saw the videos on Twitter, yeah. I'd long gone by then. I, w- I was I was down the road in uh, what was it called? Is it home base or <laughs> the? Um, I don't know what oh, it's does anybody actually understand what all that means anyway? So you 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 guys go down the roads with the red here. They, sh- they should have done it in blue, really, shouldn't they? Yeah. Well, what, what, what happens? What happens when you get down the bottom? What if well, you can't? Oh, that's you, where it, that's where, where it's all kicking off, Tim. At the bottom, by the look of it, yeah, that's where it's kicking <laughs> off. All the rest. That's where that's where so, all the muckers will be waiting for you. Uh, so I did tell. I, I, I did tell. The blue area is where maybe the Preston coaches will be, but that's no man's <laughs> land. No man's yeah. land. <laughs> all, they're all they're all not going to be. Everyone's not going to be on coaches. So if they're going to send us down those two roads. Um, yeah, uh, oh, uh, Greg says the red roads are closed, but close to who and for what purpose? Right, okay. There's some quite funny um, comments have just come in. First one from Langslad. <laughs> Looks like Key Laird's picture of a dog for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dog. Is he drawing a dog? 
<laughs> the one positive is we might be able to e- e- egress the stadium uh, from the north from the northeast gate, which we can't normally do. Um, that's the heat map of Blackpool fans on Wednesday. I'm going to get that one. Um, yeah, so God knows how this is all going to. It's disappointing. It's an early kickoff as well, isn't it? It's completely yeah. cocks up the pre-match build-up and everything, doesn't it? Um, you know, well, the April got that game from... is early as well. Isn't yeah, it, we've got both well. games, and it's just, it's just, it goes too far for me. I think um, the, I think the, the amount, the number of police is too many, and and the, and the preventative measures are too many, and it just needs to be policed properly and sensibly and. Just keep them in. Sure. Just keep them in for twenty minutes. That's all they need to yeah. do. It doesn't. I know, but they won't do it, will they? You know, they won't. Do I don't it. get they'll, it. They'll, they'll, they'll all they'll all pile out onto Bloomfield Road straight after the match, and, and whatever the obviously. The one the one set of fans going to be goading each other, aren't they? Based on the result, yeah. so. Unless it's nil nil. I I just think that it comes down to the somewhere somebody in the police actually gets off on the whole pseudo military organisation yeah. of it all. They like pointing. Waving, you know, telling people where to do, go. You can't do this. You can't do that. Go over there. Don't answer back, or we'll, you'll be in trouble. And and somebody, some, and 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 I'm sure ninety percent of the rank and file cop. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Can't be asked with it, but somebody somewhere in that policing organisation likes to make this, as likes to take their chance to have as much power as they possibly can over a group of people who can't do anything about it, and I'm convinced of it. And the number, I mean, yeah, there were incidents at Deepdale, but the number of police there were there was absurd. I, it was just unreal, the number of police there were. When you consider there was only 2,000 Blackpool fans or whatever there were, the number of police was unreal. Because I, I walked I walk back to the station, unlike I think you two out in the coach, didn't I? And they were just everywhere, everywhere, all the way through the town, all the way down that or down Deepdale Road, all the way through whatever it's called as you walk through Deepdale, all the way all around the station, going around in vans. It was like there was a war on, and it was obviously somebody's best day of the year. Was on the on the, on the coach? It was like it was like watching it was like watching the procession at the Queen's funeral. The number of yeah. police officers who were walking past. It was like a constant for about fifteen minutes as we were sat there twiddling our thumbs for an hour. I was just oh, sulking. Passed and passed and passed. It was we on the same coach, John. You were, weren't you? I was just, I was just sat there sulking, staring at the scene in front of me. Yeah, but there was. You remember how many police went yeah. past? It was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And they were the ones at the stadium still. So obviously there was obviously a load more in the town and and up, up around the train station as well. It was just a license to 
Get a lot of overtime. <laughs> As Richard's just said there, 90% rank and file on massive overtime money. That's why they do In fact, that's probably why they do it, Tim. So mm. the, the simple, sensible, yeah, low-cost solution, keep the fans in. We don't mind doing it. Preston fans don't mind doing it. And I, th- I think the approach tends to, it almost seems to stoke things up. Yeah, in a way. I'd their, say so, their yeah. approach to, to placing these matches tends to be stoking everything up, whereas if, if it was a, a fairly non-confrontational police approach, I think everyone would be relatively happy. Yes, there's going to be idiots, but there's idiots everywhere. Um, but the levels of policing that they seem to feel that they need just doesn't seem warranted, in my opinion. Mm. And, and the, massive, the massive inconvenience that they cause to both sets of home fans as they create these elaborate uh, plans um, is massively disproportionate to... The, the the inconvenience that's been suffered by the fewer in the away end. So, I said, if you knew, right, listen, Blackpool fans, you're you're at home. You you've got 15 minutes to disperse. Well, most people will have gone, and there might be a few idiots hanging around. But then they're standing out. Then they're easy for the police to identify and deal with. And then, but then we know that when we go to Preston, we're going to have to stay back for exactly the same reason for the convenience of Preston fans, just as we've had the convenience. <clears throat> But it's the opposite way around, and it and it creates this shitstorm of of problems that we had last year at both games, and will no doubt have on Saturday. And you can guarantee now, as somebody said, the blue zone where they're identifying this blue zone where all the Preston fans are going to be given a clear run to get out. That is, I presume, that's what it is. It's the designated scrapping zone. Someone said no, no, earlier. That's what too. it's going to be. So every sing, every single. <laughs> Little like, like a scene from 300, the movie. Yeah, so the, the, that area is going to be surrounded by Blackpool fans trying to have a pop. It is. And, it is, isn't it? It is. It's just mental. There we go. Cheeseoid said it. Designated scrapping zone. <laughs> <sighs> Who do you think you are kidding? That's a great. That's a great shout. That, is. that takes me back to my childhood. Saturday evenings, five forty p.m. For those of a certain vintage, Tim. Yeah. Um, right, ticket situation. Um, You've sent let's... a load back, haven't you? Today, there's been a load of returns. I've read returns. Blackpool fans have been and returned the tickets for Saturday's game. I'm seeing online. No, that's that's that's. Um... This is Joe because he he had a big panic because he he watches the. I don't know why people do this, but it seems quite a popular hobby amongst football fans. They watch the ticket sales on the um, on the app. And Joe had a big panic that suddenly some some blocks had turned blue and there was availability again. But it turns out that it was just the club had shifted people round. So you know when these like people want to sit together, so they hadn't actually returned tickets. But Joe, Joe had accidentally started some kind of quite long internet debate about why why our fans were now deciding not to go, but there was nothing in it after all. Um, I'd also I'd also read today. I don't know if there's any truth in it that Blackpool have blocked a beam back to to Preston. I don't know whether you'd seen. Well, that. Not, not sure they've blocked iFollow, or they've asked to oh, block right, iFollow, okay. right. so that um, uh, obviously for those who are based abroad. And those who want to pretend they're based abroad, um, there is the ability, obviously, to access the iFollow game on Saturday, and apparently Blackpool want to block it. Um, again, I think it's part of this 
Well, I, I mean, I've had, we have, we've had a little bit of debate on AVFTT, and I've actually taken a bit of flack for saying that I actually think that we should have given more of these to Preston because what we're actually doing is um, we haven't sold out those blocks in the East yet, and whether we will or whether we won't remains to be seen. But the impact of us doing that is that we don't get a decent uh, allocation away, which in turn impacts on the, those who go on a regular basis. And we see it with, we've discussed it before. We've got like the Celtic and Rangers thing where they actually all end up now giving each other five hundred. And I can see this this uh, uh, you know. Uh, 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 M55 war of attrition as to who's going to give each other the least numbers is going to end up with us sort of replicating that where we're given the absolute minimum we can ever give each other and, and, and make it as difficult as we can. And some, some fans, to be fair, on the ABFTT were, were, were reveling in it, but I just think it detracts from the game, it detracts from the atmosphere, it detracts from the experience and ultimately detracts from what Derby games are all about. And and I just think it's got to stop, and, and I just think it's pathetic, to be honest. I think it's pathetic from both clubs, and and they need to take a step back and and, and just give, the, give their heads a big wobble for me. Mm. Yeah, you, you would hope that after this season, perhaps, it would be draw a line in the sand and let's, let's start a free... I, I hope that might have happened this season, but um, it seems that decisions were made that it was going to be the same or slightly less than last season. Although I think they came out and said it was on police advice or ground safety officer advice, which I don't know. Blackman got three and a thousand. Mitch, what's your take on this? My, my, my personal views are that we should give them the East mainly because, well, two reasons. One, we'll get the same allocation at P&E. And secondly, I like big occasions. And like Tim, a couple of guys in the box were saying yesterday that Jimmy Usman said it, they found it intimidating um, having an entire stand given away to the, the away fans. But that said, how good is it in the north when you've got the fans right next year? And also it's it's Preston. So there's going to be all that added needle. You're never going to get the north next to the Preston fans unless they've got the entire stand and you want these big games, you want these big occasions, and the same will happen at Deepdale. You know, we'll fill that away end. But I just, that's what I, that's what I think anyway. We I'll, can't hear the way, we can't hear the way fans in no. the southeast, can we? It can so, be. Hull fans were quite loud on the um, Tangerine TV replays. On the, I watched the extended they highlights. Are, and they were quite loud. You couldn't hear a peep out of them where yeah, we the were. Audios, the audios, obviously in the, in the east, isn't it? And we probably heard more where we were in that box opposite them, then we were, you wouldn't hear anything at all in the north because um, the acoustics just don't work. Um, and you're right, John, where we've had, we've played Blackburn and Blackburn have been in that north section and uh, and, and Sutherland have been in there and whoever else has been in there. It's created a, a far better atmosphere and far more banter going on between the two sides. Mm. Yes, you could probably leave the, the last block free just so there's a little bit of distance and stop stupid missile throwing. And they've got that net up anyway, haven't they? But um, to me, it, it, and I, I get, I get the old give the knobbers the least we can and all that business. But it just comes back to us. Of course, we it get does. The same. Of course, it does. We get the same, and it's just. I mean, I, I actually thought Preston away last year. I know result aside, was the crappest ex- football experience I had going away all season. It was awful. And you it, couldn't get a drink either, barely, because was because we only had half of it. There was like one. One place selling drinks, you couldn't get a drink. It was a nightmare getting a piss. 
because of that as well. So the, yeah, you're right, Tim. The whole experience yeah. was just terrible. Yeah, you can't go to a pub anywhere near. The, well, you never probably don't go to that anyway. But can't go to any pubs near the ground. We get early kickoffs, which make it a little bit of a farce anyway, and ruins the day. And it's just uh, yeah, on, on all levels, it's got to start at the top. It's got to start with, you know, I know, I know, um, Peter Risdale and Sam and Sadler have had a right Barney over it, and I think they've got to. You know, they've both got to take a step back. And, it, and, and I think Tom's right. It's not this season because it's too late now. But we've got to really think, assuming we're we're in this division. <laughs> I was about to say, us. that problem might be solved uh, yeah. naturally. Assuming, <laughs> assuming we are, then we've, we really need to have a rethink and a, a bit of um, glasnost, I think. It does also, it does also, I mean, this is much of a long-term thing, um, but it does also make you wonder about the plans to redevelop the East to be about the same size because, you know, we, we 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 don't sell out week on week, but we are, you know, providing we are regularly at the level we're at now, we are going to regularly have games where we are, if we've got proper facilities and we could, we don't have to split the fans down the middle and so on and so forth, we could, we could sell more than our capacity probably for this game. Um, and it, it does make me wonder if capping our... Capacity at about sixteen or seventeen thousand is actually a wise long-term decision, you know, because that's the flip side of that is, you know, Deepdale's too big. I mean, I don't know if Tom would agree or not, but Deepdale's probably too big. But you know, I I think we have one of the lowest capacities. Uh, Sorry, we have one of the lowest percentage fills to what our ground can accommodate. It's been slightly better this year because we've had. We've got about twelve thousand season ticket holders, so we're I think we're up about fifteen thousand, sixteen thousand per game with away fans and and walk-ons. But this is a get this this game is for the fans, you know, the owners, the players, the ground safety officer, the police. They come and go. This is a game for us. This is one that stands out on the um, at the start of the season when you look, because arguably we're probably going to struggle to go up. You probably won't go down. Um, and we're going to meet each other again. So this is the arguably the highlight of our season of these two games, and we want as many fans to be there as possible. Um, and it's just it's all got a bit silly um, the last eighteen months. And hopefully the clubs can see that. You know we're cutting our nose off to spite our face. You've brought six thousand to Deepdale before. You've won. You've lost. It's money in our coffers that we need. Um, you probably won't sell out on Saturday. You'd fix your roof, um, couldn't you? <laughs> There's one more irony in this. 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 There's one more irony in this from our point of view is the whole justification of our pricing policy this year is about having as many away fans as we possibly can <laughs> at a maximum possible price. And that's why we're not taking reciprocal pricing and we got, you know, the home fans are getting £30 tickets. And then when it comes to, you know, the biggest away following we possibly are going to get, then we're only, we're only filling half the away stand with it and there'll be at least two blocks empty because, you know, and it's not quite consistent, is it? Delicious irony, if you will, Tim. Exactly. That, that expression is made for the, the the rather bizarre scenario that, that, that our, our, uh, Peter Ridsdale and our ownership have created where both teams lose that financially, the fans lose the atmosphere, the fans lose the opportunity to go away and uh, we're, we're basically just sticking the proverbial up at each other and saying... Um, we'll treat you as badly as we can, 
because we can and because we can try and justify it, knowing that we're going to it's going to come back to us in exactly the same way. And it's just a never, ever, ever, never ending circle of just silly. It's just, it's just ultimately, Tim, it's the fans that suffer of both yeah. teams and Ridsdale and Sadler stop being dicks, sort it out for next season. If we're still here. Is it the structured dialogue meeting and the attitude was, if we can sell those seats to Blackpool fans and we're going to sell them to Blackpool fans. And that's what I've had off, off AVFTT this evening where, where people have said the same thing. And I, I sort of get it in a way. But they're not really Blackpool fans, though, those sort of people, are they? Well, just... that's, that's my argument. Yeah, my argument the... is if you haven't got a ticket to come and watch Blackpool 36 hours before the game, then you're not really a Blackpool fan. You might just be egged. You might be persuaded to go up last minute. And the, and the counter-argument that I get back is, well, we're trying to build the fan base, so they're the type of people we should be aiming to bring to games. But the reality is 3,000 Blackpool fans who want to go to Preston can't go to uh, this year can't go to Preston because we're trying well we're not really but we're trying to encourage this small contingent of floating fan to deign to join us for the biggest game of the season and they haven't yet made their mind up um there's there's other there's other gate there's Tim it's it's applaudable that they, they want initiatives to bring these extra people in but this isn't the game to do it if this is the cost of ruining this game not ruining but Severely, yeah, ruining the game at home and away. It's ruining the the derby game. All this crap is ruining the derby. It's not just that the early kickoffs, the stupid policing, uh, the restricted away fans, you know, being treated like, uh, like you know, like Mitch has spoken about cattle. Um, it's all taken away from the experience, which should be joyous. It's it's the biggest game both teams play. End of. Both teams accept it. Both sets of fans accept it. We take the piss out of each other. We don't like each other. You know, you you you'll be gutted if you lose. You're ecstatic if you win. And and everything around it's been ruined. It's, they're trying to ruin it. Mm. We've got to stop them. We've got to tell them stop. Yeah, I think we're... everything you said, Tim. Okay, let's wrap this up now and move on to match predictions. I think there's only one way these predictions are going to go. Let's start with you, Tom. So uh, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to Preston. Uh, we may go 1-0 down, but I think we uh, I think we possibly get goals at you by the look of it. I'm disappointed that Egg-Potetta is uh, is coming back in because he, he seemed to boss the game at your place last season from memory. Um but I, can, I obviously see that there's a, a raft of other injuries and suspensions that you've got. So I think we're not in fantastic form. We're, we're good away from home, but I think we may just have enough to sneak over that line. So 2-1 Preston. I'll go next. I'm going to go with Cheezoid, who's just said the biggest nil-nil we've ever <laughs> seen incoming. It's, it's set up for a nil-nil. You don't score many. We don't. Oh, oh God! I think we're going to. No, I've got a bad feeling. Attack on Wednesday, so you I've, know. I've got a bad feeling about this. I have two nil to them. I've got a really bad feeling about it. That's always a good sign, though, because when you've got a good feeling about a game, you never win. <laughs> bad, you know, so. Well, at ten to five last Saturday, where we'd just been humbled by Stoke two nil, and you were still winning three two. 
I wasn't looking. I was trying to sell my tickets. At that point. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? One, one, one result from each team, yeah. it's completely flipped, hasn't it? Yeah. Let, let's, let's try and be positive, Mitch. Um, who have we got coming back? We've got Marv back. We've got Jimmy back. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't need talking positivity, John. I'm here. Go on, then. I'm, I'm Big, preaching. So lift me up. Really, it's going to be a really... He's going to pick a weird team, and it's going to be a really bad start. We're going to basically pick up from where we left off against Hull. It's going to be a really bad start. Um, they'll score early on, and we'll be, oh, it'll be horrible, we'll be grumbling. Be, and, and as I say, he's picked a weird team. So he's only gone and left one Gary Medine out, who will come on in about 64 minutes, and the game will pivot, and Gary will be Gary game changer. I don't know if Gary will score the goals, but it's a moot point, because when Gary's around, goals will follow, and we will score two in the last 20 minutes and win the game 2-1. Love it. Love it. We had a Gary goal last season. What? So he went. He went off. He's he's, he went he's off. got a back injury he's and injured. a he's got two injuries. He's got two injuries apparently. Tim, so we, do they not think Medine's going to start Saturday then? Well, I I just have a feeling he'll throw a really weird lineup in. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hat trick man. I've got him down as a hat trick man for, for this game. <laughs> he did score a good goal, didn't he, in the last game? Oh, he's got a beauty. Tim Kenny's on fire as well. Doubled his tally from last season. He's definitely on fire. Leanne's like, he heard about Leanne scoring of his performance on Saturday and, and felt that he needed to hit back and just reinforce the point that he isn't six out of ten. Anyway, what's your prediction, ever, Tim? Ever six out of ten, I think. What's your prediction? Um, my, my heart says 2-0. My head says we're not going to score. And the question is, do Preston... So it's either a nil-nil or a one-nil to Preston is what I fear, unfortunately. Oh, dear. Everybody in the comments, get your questions in. So it's going to be a full three. It's going to be four, three, crazy. I know. (laughs) Well, we've got Thompson coming back as well. And as uh, Paul Ellis, nice surname, has just said there. He's been a bit of a liability. So which Thompson's going to... He's better than Garbutt, though, isn't he? If if Hubby's potentially... Hubby's got to start. He's got to start left back, I think, which yeah. is a good. Um, and and then we, you know, we've we've. I think we've got a reasonably solid defence. Then, um, I, I, to be fair, I, I don't think we can play as bad as we did last night again. No, I don't think. I think Appleton. I've listened to his uh, post match before, and he just basically said, "Preston's probably the best game we could have because I don't need to gym up. I don't need to say anything. It it, it speaks for itself." So let's hope um let's hope it, it it's as he predicts and that we rise to the occasion and we you know I think if we play like we did against Sheffield United we'll beat him or Watford or QPR or Watford. play like we did against Hull then we're definitely going to lose there's no <laughs> doubt about it <laughs> Right we'll go we're on to pick up consistent and up and down aren't we it's, Yeah it's, you know, it's going to be a toss of a coin Yeah I think it is uh, David Underwood said tell Tom Tom Archer has just come on for Villa Tell oh Tom, sorry. He, Tell Tom, comma, <laughs> Archer has just come on Villa. Right, Tom, we'll let you go off and watch that. We're just going to do our um, our team and moan about Hull. So I'm sure you don't want to sit and watch that. Go and watch Archer for the last no. 10 minutes. Oh, no, broken hearted. No, thanks very much for having me on, guys, and hope everyone's safe and um, has, a, has a good game on Saturday. We'll see, we'll see you in the scrapping area. Yeah, uh, 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 yeah designated area, so. fighting zone at uh, yeah. five, five sharp. Oh, no, it's five sharp, yeah. be three sharp. So I'll, uh, I'll head off now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, right cheers, Tom. Thanks for coming on, mate. It's a pleasure as always. Cheers, thanks. thanks. Changed the view there. Yeah, it was a good sport at the end. <laughs> Bit up. I think that means big up. I think you meant there, David. Right, let's pick our team then, if we must. Which view should we have? Let's have that one. Right, goalie. This is an actual A. This is a... Mm. Was was I know I noticed a lot of people digging out Maxi on um, Twitter yesterday. I was like, "What's that all about? Was he at fault for any of the goals? Mate, I don't know. First one, first defender should have got it. I, I thought the second one, which was a great strike, it was a bit of a swan dive. But that he's not going to get there, that now, is he? Come on! I don't know. No, Come I don't on. know. Watch him dive again. Watch him dive again. <laughs> And it feels just a bit like... Maybe it was a to- maybe maybe it was going in anyway and it was just a token dive. Yeah, possibly, but I don't know. Um, he just felt like everything seemed to go through him. I think he's, yeah, he's unlucky, but it, it just my, my gut tells me that it might be a good idea to play Grimmie. I'm, Mitch, I'm with you there. I'm with you. I can just feel Grimmie making about six yep. brilliant saves and I can feel Maxwell just letting goals in and that's not an objective reason to I just feel that uh, what was that saying we used to have um, so it was something to knock Sean down with some sort of emotional rubbish I can't remember now but um, yeah I'm, I'm with you there Mitch I, I, I feel this is a game for Grimmy. Tim what, what's your feeling I on... pick Grimmy. I don't think he should have got dropped in the first place to be honest and he goes yeah. Right, what formation are we doing then? It's got to be 4 3 3. We're in physically incapable of playing anything else. Should we go 4 4 2? But we just look so shit when we play anything else. I mean, like, we we, we could. What's weird is it's exactly the same players could play 4 4 2 under Critchley, but we just look dire under Appleton mm. with anything but 4 3 3. Okay, so Marv's back. He's going straight in, yeah? Agreed? Oh, definitely. Williams. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Just said that for the lols. He, he does call him Judd all the time, doesn't he? Hmm? Does anyone know why? It's a, it's, a, it's a shorten for Jordan. It's like a Yorkshire thing. In Kez, the brother who kills the bird at the end, he's called Judd. Comes and goes, Mam, Judd's <laughs> killed me bird. And she goes, Shut up, our Billy. And then it ends. God, look at this from Isaac. I don't think Maxi's been bad, but he's conceded seven in four games since he came in. It's not entirely his fault, though. He has made some absolute worldies. But this is a game for Grimmy. It's just a feeling. Yeah, it's, it, it just, yeah, it is. If only we had Gabriel fit for this game. He's going straight in. It's got to be Conley, Conley hasn't it? There's no other options. Yeah. No other options. It's frustrating because I feel like this would be a really good game for Conley in midfield as well. Just a bit of bite in there. Yeah, a bit of bite and churning the pitch up, and it'd be useful. But and and I, it's I think we got I think we're all united on hobby at left back, aren't He's we? Absolutely going back in there. Tom, I would just get sent off after twenty minutes, or and it would be disaster. Or just pass the ball straight to Emil Reese one on one. Um, what happened with husband's hair? Cause when he came on last last night, I was like, said Tim, who the hell's that? <laughs> who the hell's that?" It looks like he's gone into one of them kids' haircuts for a fiver's father. 
genuinely, <laughs> has he had his top knot cut off? Yeah, his top knot's gone, yeah. He's got like a little bob cut now. <laughs> and and when, when did you not see, because you, you, were, you were in the box sort of at our end, did you not see when he took the first throw in? He, did his, he ruffled his hair nicely before he took his first throw did in. Did he really? Like, did he really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> new do and new colour, according to David Cole. Right, that's the back four then. Midfield, and I need to get these um, positions correct because uh, I've got a few people moaning at me for putting Medine incorrectly on the right-hand side of attack. But Right, who's going, although it says number seven, who's going right in the centre of the park, Tim? I think um, Patino um, is, is on the basis he's still going to play that deep-line role. I'd stick him in the middle. I don't want him in that deep I don't. role. I know, but that's where he's going to be, isn't it? So, but that's not. This is our team, not. Yeah. I've got a, a controversial opinion about Patino. Ooh, um, Shit. The Emperor's new clothes. Ooh, I don't think he's as good as people say he is. And um, he doesn't I, I think, track back. He doesn't harry. He doesn't chase down, and he gives up really easily. I know that's not his game, but you need that in your game if you're playing in centre mid. I don't think he's got that. not another tin not another tin man. Possibly. But he's only eighteen though. Yeah. I was gonna say I think you can vote well he's nineteen now. Yeah. Right. We, saw him, I think we saw him on the Roger. way out, didn't we, John? He's 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 a he's really young lad, isn't he, when you yeah. see him off the pitch, so to speak. He's still young. And he's not like maybe he should have gone to GTF's um, builder's team when he was 15, get the shit kicked out of you and you're ready to go by 19, aren't you? Not playing academy football. Um, yeah, Antonio, he does get pushed over really easily. Anyway, well, I, I, that's, I, I digress. I digress. No, no, you're not, John, you're not digressing. This is an important decision because I was wondering is you can't really drop Kenny because he's just scored two in two and he actually probably was one of the few players that merited more than two on um, on Tuesday. So you can't drop Kenny, even though I tried to drop him last time and we didn't have it. I think Bridcut, you kind of have to play Bridcut because he he makes us look more solid. I mean, it, it was far too late when he came on on Tuesday, but he makes us look more solid. So who do you play with him? Do you play Patino or do you play somebody? Do, do you do you carry him because he gets he's, he's perhaps more comfortable getting right forward? I don't know. And I think it's worth having that debate about whether do you, do you play Patino. Are we mad dro- dropping Patino for this game? Are we trying to be too is, clever? Is he is he Are a luxury? Is he a luxury? Is he a luxury player? Possibly. Well, if he's a luxury player, we've not had a great deal of luxury out of him, have we? No, we haven't. He's like some soap that you bought because it said luxury, and you you got a bit of lather out of it every now and again, but it wasn't actually that smooth and creamy. I I think this is the kind of player where. We need experience, and that's what Bridcut gives you. Been there and done it. I think Bridcut. I think Bridcut's got to start. Yeah, I think Bridcut's got to mm. start. Yeah, it's, it, for me, Bridcut and Dougal have to start. Yeah, and then a another, a another, and it's who's the a another? That's the that's where the question is. I mean, ideally, you want Fiorini, don't you? But he's not. He's not there. So it's between Wright, Carey, and Patino. And Wright didn't cover himself in glory last night, oh. did he? He was, he was, he was, he's, he had no positional discipline last night. He kept, he sort of went looking for the ball, but was never where the ball was. 
I think this is more of a carry game. I think he's got more of an attacking threat. I think he's more of a goal threat. He's got that feistiness about him, hasn't he? That Carey has. Feistiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patino exactly. doesn't. Patino doesn't yeah. have it. Yet. Yeah. I'm going for Patino. It's between you and me, then, Mitch. Are we going for Carey? <laughs> you get all sorts of moaners if we drop Patino, aren't we? Right? We're going to get loads of stick on Twitter, <laughs> but again, it's feeling. It's feeling. I can hear. Right. I can feel Sean somewhere in his media towers going, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Numbers flying out of his ears, right. thinking this is the most ridiculous thing ever. But you know, let's look through the comments then. Patino, first name on the team sheet. Um, Patino needs to sit behind the striker. That's right. Patino <laughs> is in. You three are crazy. <laughs> there he hasn't come himself in glory. Patino's you. <laughs> right. Hmm. Go on, play him. Play Patino. I want Carey. Right, if Patino, what, if Patino right, makes... I'll throw, an... I'll throw this at you, John. I'll throw this at you. We actually got Patino on set pieces. Ironically, we won, I think, two corners all night. But we got Patino on set pieces, and he did take... Certainly the one corner I saw was very good. So we've got that in him. If we've got him on set pieces now, he's, he's got that in him. And he could be a very different player. He could be a totally different player because we've Bridcut and Dougal behind him. What we've just said is he doesn't track back and doesn't do those hard yards and he's not very... But then if he's got Bridcut and Dougal, that's not what we want him to be doing. We want him to be doing the thing that he's actually clearly very good at is picking the ball up, turning away from people and threading those little passes. Patino and then Carey can be a change and he'll 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 score one of the two that big guys inspired right, done. Right, okay. This... David Kilshaw has made my decision. And it's for that. Yeah. What were we thinking? (laughs) (laughs) For the audio pod, David has just said Patino for the chant. Yeah, you've nailed it, David. Patino makes it in. We we suddenly turned into Pep Guardiola on Champions League final day, going, oh, we must do something clever. (laughs) Can't just pick the team. We must do something clever. Chill out, Josh. Chill the fuck out. Come on. Ooh. <laughs> See, Kerry's, I think, three behind Gary Midian and Jimmy Husband in terms of players I will defend no matter what. <laughs> Alan Taylor, do you think Appleton is watching this growling at us with his PNEPJs on? <laughs> <laughs> Stroking his PNE tattoo. <laughs> 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 Right, forward line. Tim, kick us off. Well, there's one certain, isn't there? And that's Jerry. Where are we putting him in, in on the diagram? Uh, I think um, he's going to go on the left-hand side of the front three. Uh, that's a suit. Hang on a minute. Let's, 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 right, our options well, are... It depends whether Medine's on, doesn't it? We've got when Yates, Medine, Hamilton, Corbino, and Paveda is classed as a forward. Um, maybe this is a game for Paveda. We Instead need... of who? Well, Jerry's a start. Jerry's Jerry's in there, isn't he? He's in there, but it's just whether he's where he is. Big Gaz is in the there team. as well. He's got he's got to start. Yeah, if Medine's fit, then this this is the final position that's open for me. This Corbinu, I, I think he's probably more likely to do the um, sort of positional discipline stuff. 
which is that's Theo's problem. He's great on the ball, but he just makes no sense sometimes. He's just, you know, you saw Gaz got Gaz got visibly pissed off with him last night, at just not doing the basic sort of shape stuff for the team. And I, I think Pervader is more reliable in that sense. Tim? Um, I'm, all, I'm, I'm quite ambivalent about both. I just think none of them, neither of them. When Pervader first came in, he sort of really excited me. And then I looked at the way he's played. Mm. And he came on last night and was thinking. He just picks it up and runs into traffic every time, doesn't he? And he looked like and he then, was he looked like he was like Wes esque, but he's just not. And then Corbin Corbin is like the opposite of Jerry, isn't he? He just doesn't tra- I mean I've seen Jerry get really annoyed with him because he just he doesn't press when they should be pressing and does his own thing and shoots when he should pass and um, but it, I, I think if I had to pick one of the two, I'd pick Corbin just from the point of view he's more likely to score. I'm with I, Josh. I'm with Josh. I think he, I think he does. I, I think that's a fair point, Josh. I think he does better when he comes off the bench than when he starts. Well, but, but by the last twenty minutes, you, you don't, you don't pressing's mm. not. It's not what you need to be doing in the last twenty minutes because the game's yeah. broken down by them. So I, I, I'd go round with that. And he did get. I think Corbyn was David. So he did get a really good assist last night. And in lots of ways, he was one of the better players last night. But equally, he fundamentally was not doing what the formation required, and therefore, at the same time, undermined what we were doing. So he was both good and a massive problem. Oh, okay. What about CJ? Now, let's don't don't laugh. Let's have a serious discussion about CJ because I think there's a bit of, I don't know, CJ. Some he can sometimes create things. You know, we all laugh saying his one trip pony can't track a track trap a bag of cement, but on his day, yeah, mate, yeah I remember his day when last time we played Preston. Oh yeah, <laughs> the most inept performances. <laughs> yeah. I've ever oh seen. yeah, I'll shut up now. Um, right, I think Pervader to come on with either CJ or Pervader to start. Looking forward to the Twitter reviews of the dropped Patino and then they tried to pick CJ. Shall I do it just for the engagement? Oh, Christ, for the engagement. I, actually, I can actually see Appleton played him. CJ? I, 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 wouldn't, can't, I, wouldn't. I cannot see how you can play a quick possession-based passing game with a player that has no first touch. That doesn't mean I think CJ is a fundamentally flawed footballer. I think in a team that required him to get his head down and run down the wing and a team that punted it into the corner for him to run after, he'd be a very useful asset. But that's that's not really how we play. You know, this this fluid... I, I just... I can't see how he starts for us. Mm. And he did a good. He did have a good cross to Jerry. He, he did indeed. And maybe I'm being fundamentally biased about him, but it's a hell of a lot to throw the player who is probably the most doubted by the fan base into the biggest game of the season for his first start of the season. Apple said he'd be slaughtered. I think I've ever come across. He'd be slaughtered, wouldn't yeah. he, if we lost? Yeah. yeah. Right. So. Are we going for Pervader or Corbinu then? I'm going to get my vote goes for Pervader. I'm going for Pervader. I'm going for Pervader in the sense that Corbinu's had a couple of chances. He's done okay. And you just say, look, we're going to give, you know, we're going to give Yanni or whatever he's called, we're going to give him a go. 
You'll get half an hour off the bench. Pervade again gets his chance. Pervade's got something to prove. I, I and I think he's got better he's got better discipline. What you need is the nearest thing you've got to Lavery to kind of mirror Yates on the other side. And I think Pervade is nearer that than Corbinu is. And I think Corbinu is gonna Pervader does fade two thirds in, does. and that's the time to take yeah. him off and bring um Theo on. Yeah. You're right with that, Tim? There we are. There we have it. Grimshaw, Husband, Thornley, Ekpatet, Dougal, Bridcut, Patino, Yates, Medina. Doesn't, what, you know, after I think we're going to get a one-all now after that. I'm going to change my prediction from a 2-0 defeat to a one-all draw. No, 1-0. We're going to win 1-0 with Grimmy in. It's This is Grimmy's game. That nice bit of positivity there. Right, just before we go... Hull away. Uh, sorry, Hull at home last night. How bad was it? Awful. I, I generally don't... We didn't hit the target once in the second half, I don't think. I think I watched I watched the highlights... Well, the highlights, if you can call them that. And I think we had one shot from um, Conley that went, just went slightly over the bar. And that was the only thing they showed from the second half for us. Um, the only thing that happened. It was... Dreadful. And it was and it was the quietest I've ever known the North. And you only have to look at the people, you know, um rush you know, fighting each other to get out of the ground ten minutes from the end. Um, it just summed it up. It was it was turgid. Even from a box it was quite depressing, wasn't it? You know, we yeah. can so you, you, you know, you a, a couple of ales just to, you normally if if you know, but we, it was just boring, wasn't it? it was yeah, boring. boring to watch. Yeah, Antonio, you're right. It's not worth the discussion, is it? Spare us the pain. The only thing, yeah. I'm, the only thing I'm going to say when we did the pre-season show, I said something along the lines of, "If Medine is a regular starter this year, something's not going right with the plan." And last night was kind of why something. That's, that's a bold. Right. That's a bold statement for you to say as well, isn't well, it? Look, look, look. You know, part of. <laughs> Let's not turn this into a monologue. Medine is a footballer I enjoy watching because he's an old-style footballer that everyone gets on the back and calls a donkey, and I like the fact he's got more skill than meets the eye. That's basically why I like Gaz Medine. But as the fulcrum of a 4-3-3, he's not... You know, what What team plays that fluid, mobile 4-3-3 football with a big lad who's very slow up front. And then last night, where you had just the comedy of Medine leading the press and getting irate that all these little whippets around him weren't pressing. It was just, it was, you know, if it wasn't so depressing, it had been hilarious. Um, and it is that thing where it, it felt like that the, rec- you know, the, the shortcomings in the recruitment were borne out by that last night. As I have gone on record on many occasions, there are fewer people on earth that I esteem more highly on a football pitch than Gary Medine, but we had no alternative, no way to change it. We just it, it, it comes down to the fact that we've got 11 or 12 decent players, but beyond that, we're really struggling. It goes, you shared something in the group, John, when you put, put the shot of the programme and they had about 35 names and we had 25. And that's what it comes down to. You know, we, we just do not have the depth to to change it and then you know the subs just made it worse it was just depressing all around yeah that just the the screenshot was a screenshot of the back of the program with the match day squads on 
theirs, Tim, was infinitely longer than ours. I think there was like nine or ten players more in their squad, and that's yeah, was that, was diff- that was different. That was that was if ever a pitcher said a thousand words, that was it, and that's ultimately the fault of the recruitment team at Blackpool Football we did Club. Better without one. What? We still, I'm sure we did better without one. It's, without it, without it one, what? Well, without a recruitment team. All oh, right, yeah, when, see, yeah. Right, we created yeah. this big recruitment team, but it doesn't seem to be it doesn't <laughs> seem signed, to be analysing what we need and delivering we it. This big recruitment team and then signed players that Appleton had at Lincoln. So we're putting into the big supercomputer and come up with some lads he knows from Lincoln. Well, Appleton came, you know, we, we had a, 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 I don't know, a manager who was part of the recruitment team and it was Ben Mansford's mate, really, wasn't it, from Lincoln? The managers yeah. came from that... Uh, system as well so yeah you're right Tim right we're on an hour and 25 minutes but um, uh, a great chat gentlemen really enjoyed it thanks for your company that's when you say thanks John cheers John thanks I enjoyed your company very much too I was expecting more more of your dulcet toes before we chipped in I'm thinking of something to say on the outro Tim actually I'll say the ever so predictable thing that you hear on YouTube videos which is Please like and subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell. We want more subscribers, so please do that if you haven't done so already. And all that to be said is thanks for watching. Thanks for downloading. Let's beat those fucking knobbers. Come on, the pool! Come on, the pool! So just before you head off, I'd just like to bring your attention to a Patreon supporter program that we are running this enables you to just contribute a small monthly amount to help support our show and support our content so if you head over to patreon.com forward slash seasiders pod you'll find details of how to sign up it's about £3.50 per month price of a pint and for that you get a few other bits in return which is access to our private members whatsapp group you'll get some exclusive podcasts competitions so we generally run match pass draws for our patrons and just other random bits and pieces as they come in and we are going to be running an extra time podcast which is going to be an exclusive podcast just for patrons so if you want to sign up patreon.com forward slash seasiders pod it'd be great to have you on board thanks for listening Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.